lot of blood spilling Murder rate to escalate the same as the drug dealing Bullets that I penetrate, riding on stolen plates Did I mention my city was known for its murder rate? Live right by the capital, gangsta get the clapping folks High y'all gun smoke, my hood full of cutthroats Going down the hill like my city was made slow Gunshots every day, we don't even look Eating dinner out the same kitchen, dope is cooked I had an appetite for money, I'm hungry and can't wait It's a golden state heavyweight, riding no platinum plates Something like a winery, labels try signing me I'm something like the dynasty, mastered the arts Kept the skill in my rhymery So I'ma chase paper, now the players stay eyeing me Thing on my way, to turn a grown man side of me Rude boy, come test, I dare you one try with me Got a full clip, I can empty off the side of him Fake rappers try to invade inside my cypher and all together all right, welcome back to another Mudville cast. Uh, this is episode number four, and we are grateful to have none other than Pastor Jeremy. And uh, I just want to give you a little breakdown. Of course, he's going to share his story, but it's a privilege to, to honestly, to interview this man of God because I've been seeing him throughout the years that I've been in Stockton, and he's been through many places. God has taken him and his family and put him over different ministries, put him over different uh pastoral leaderships and sat under different pastors so it's a privilege to be here with you pastor jeremy i'm grateful for you and uh, i'm excited man because this is one of our very own stockton he is uh the right hand man to our pastor carlos velasquez right here in victory outreach stockton california this is this is this is the man so whenever i have questions or whenever we have like uh an event like he's one of the main ones that handles everything He's also heavily behind the pulpit. He uh, ministers behind the pulpit. He serves, and he's also one of our main leaders in Victory Outreach Stockton. So it's a privilege to be here with him, to share and to hear, to listen, and to ask these questions so that way you guys can help. You guys can figure out the way he navigated through his life to where he's at now and to what's to come in the future. So we're excited. A lot of great things are coming. And uh, also, um, make sure you guys while we're airing this, there is going to be a prayer line going live. So you do want to call in. If you have a prayer request, please call that number. Call us. We're going to be able to answer your prayers. We're going to be able here to lift up your petitions. And we want to stand in the gap and believe with you for your prayer requests. Whatever it may be, there's no big, there's no big prayer. There's no small prayer. Listen, God's hand is not too short to reach you where you're at. So go ahead and give us a call on that line. And we'll, we'll be happy to, to take down your prayer and to lift that up with you. Amen. Also, one more thing I want to mention. Uh, if you guys can please share this podcast. If you guys can please, uh, if you guys want to uh, uh, ask any questions in the comment section, if you want to tag somebody, if you want to at them in the comment sections, do that now. If you want to share the live video, we highly appreciate it because the more people it reaches, the more people can get closer to God. The more people that have questions and they may not be understanding where they're at right now, this is a place where you want to share that to them. And you know, be a beacon, be a light. Come on, share this. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts from Victory Hour Stockton. We thank you for all of you guys that tune in live with us every, every time we drop a podcast. And we got many more to come. Amen. So thank you again with that. So, Pastor Jeremy. Yes, sir. How you doing, my I'm man? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Come on, bless. I'm it's blessed. Good to be here. Yes, sir. Um, I just want to ask right now, like, if you can give us a little breakdown, kind of like your bio, you know what I mean, mm. in your words, what would you say where God is kind of like, you know, where, what you've done so far as far as in ministry, like what cities you've been in, and kind of like what you've done out there? Yeah, well, I got saved, uh, I got saved 
May 5th, 1993, in the city of Modesto. I, w I was in the Victory Arts in Modesto there. Nice. Um, I went to the Victory Home uh, in Modesto. Yeah. Um, it's where I learned to pray. It's where I learned to get a hold of God. It's where I learned to seek the Lord. It's where I learned, you know, how to really serve God, how mm -hmm. to, you know, uh, like you're talking about navigating through life. That's I, a lot of the tools that I use today is I learned them there in the home. Wow, so I went on. to the home in 93. I graduated. Uh, I went, uh, I graduated in 94. In 95, um, I was sent uh, to go help start a church in Fort Worth, Texas. Okay. Uh, I went, I think it was in June of 95. June, yeah, I think it was June 95. Yeah. And uh, I was there for about two years, uh, pioneering a church, helping to build and establish a church. Come on. Um, I, uh, while I was there, um, I, op I op well, we pioneered a, a, not only a church, but we pioneered a home, opened up a home, yeah. reaching guys off the streets. Nice. Um, I came back to Modesto um, at, in 97, and then in 98, um, I got married. I uh, met, met my wife uh, there in, in Victoria Arts, Modesto. I got married in 98. And then in 99, I went back out uh, to go help pioneer another church wow. uh, in Texas, uh, in Arlington, Texas. And again, I started, uh, helped start another home. And I was there for about 10 years. I eventually took over that church um, and I pastored that church for about five years. And then I came back to Modesto. Wow, praise and, God. And I was in Modesto for about, I would say about two years. Right. And then I transitioned to Stockton, and I've been in Stockton for, I want to say about eight years now, something like that. Wow. Seven, eight years. Yeah. Yeah. Come something on. like that, yeah. And you've done a lot. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we thank you for your service to God and to being true to the calling that God has placed over you. You said you mentioned a few cities, and you've taken over a church. Yeah. You know, not many people can say they've done that. Yeah. You know, and you're still here today. So thank you for being with us today, man. I appreciate Love you that. guys having me. Love that. Heck yeah. Um, also, you know, we know that you're originally from Southern California. What was that like growing up out there? Um, I think when I was younger, um, growing up, well, I mean, I grew up in a different a different time, a different era. Mm, um, and so uh, I grew up uh, in the 80s. Uh, all the way through the 80s and even early 90s. I was still, you know, a teenager in the early 90s. Yeah. And so um, I think growing up back then, uh, when I was a kid, uh, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of freedom. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we would, when we were kids, we would do, we'd get into all kinds of stuff. <laughs> we'd run the streets um, yeah. without our parents for, you know, for hours and hours. At, I mean, we'd be gone all day yeah. on our bikes as kids, you know, getting into trouble and, just doing kid things, you know what I mean? Throwing throwing yeah. rocks at each other, that kind of stuff. Throwing doing dumb dumb stuff, you know. Uh, as I got a little bit older, you know, things kind of started to change a little bit. But I think overall, growing up as a kid, mm -hmm. uh, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of, um, you know, I learned a lot. I was able to do, uh, you know, I was I was outside a lot. Yeah. Always outside, outside every just yeah. about every single day. You know, I rarely. Yeah. Video games wasn't a thing. Computers wasn't a thing. Come on. So outside, being outside was what we is what we did. You know what I mean? To totally different than this generation to now. Totally different than this generation. Computers, now. Instagram, yeah. Facebook, in their phone. You guys were outside. 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 We were outside. That's right. So with that being said, too, how was it like? How did you get introduced into the gang life? Like, so, where did you go to that next level from being outside to really? So for out? me, um, I think. 
being around gangs. Uh, I have family members that were, since I was a kid, um, I have uh, cousin, older cousins, uncles. Yeah. When I mean older cousins, I mean like they're like 10, 12 years older than me. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? So they're not, not like two or three yeah. years. They're like 10, decade. 12. Yeah, yeah. Almost, you know, they're like yeah. 10. Because uh, I, uh, I have older uncles that are um, probably almost 15, 20 years older than my dad. Oh, wow. So, uh, so they, they, his kids were close to my dad's age. Right. So I have cousins that are close to my dad, well, close to my dad's age. So I had older cousins that were involved in gangs, involved in drugs, involved in that whole lifestyle. Mm. So being around that wasn't that like wasn't like super unfamiliar. But the way I got involved is, um, I just just being around my family, really, just yeah. being around my family, being around the co- the cousins of my generation. We started to run the streets together. Mm. Uh, our neighborhood where we grew up at, the, the you know Southern California, Ontario, where we grew up at, on uh, the south side of Ontario, it was just it's all you know. It's, it was all around. It was yeah. all around. Um, and it's just, you know, you kind of, I mean, we had choices, you know. Um, mm-hmm. We were involved in sports. You know, me and all my cousins, we did baseball, Little League. We did all the, all the sports stuff that our parents put us in. But right. we were always still drawn back to the streets for yeah. some reason, you know what I mean? And so. And, um, and your family had ties. And you were more advanced than maybe most of your friends because your family was a lot older in that lifestyle yeah, already. Yeah, they were so already. So for you, it was already just, it was it natural. Was, it was a normal thing. It was a normal thing to see them, you know, uncles, doing their thing. Uncles, you know, dads, drinking, brother, yeah. getting high, you know, running the streets, yeah. getting in fights, you know what I mean? Go, so, I remember, I can remember, I mean, almost every weekend there was like fights going on it. Yeah. You know, at parks, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, stuff like that. So So it was more generational gang, was, gang banging. It was kind it was of a generational thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think it was uh, probably more generational. And Again, I made a choice, but yeah. it was easy to make that. That choice was yeah. easy to make because it was, it's, it's right in it's front right of you. It's right in front of you. You know what I mean? It's what so. you see every day. It's what, yeah. And in so. Ontario, California. Well, yeah. I know Ontario only from the conventions that we've had yeah. over there, from, from Victory Outreach. We have our, yeah. a lot of our conferences and certain things over there. Um, that's crazy, man. So with that being said, have you ever been locked up hanging out like that? Has that got you into... Jail so, time. so I've never done jail time. Uh, I never got caught for wow, really anything I did. Um, I mean, I've been arrested. Um, I've had to do like detox, that kind of stuff. But never, I've right. never did time. I never. Um, uh, every time I was released. Yeah. I mean, every time I was arrested, I was released within a few hours. Uh, I would get. Uh, I don't know. I just uh, like for a some book reason. And release. Yeah, I would get a book and release. Uh, yeah, I would get. I'd get taken in, a, uh, you know, the 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 uh, the interview room, and they they you know question me about certain mm-hmm. things, and you know, and I, they'd always end up releasing me. You know what wow. I mean? So, um, it was, what's crazy was that because that would happen to me, I thought, you know, at that at that time, I thought I was like unstoppable. Oh, I thought I was wow. un, I thought I was invincible. I thought untouchable. Almost. Untouchable, yeah. Yeah. Because I thought I was so slick that Ooh, I could talk my on. way out of anything. You know what I mean? And so. Um, I kind of developed that mentality, like I can, like I can get out of anything, you know what I mean? Wow, I can and see so, that. Yeah. yeah, and so, you know, because we were all, you know, we'd be, I'd be in a carload of guys, yeah. we'd all get arrested, and you know, two of them would go to jail, you know, go to jail, and and you know, two of us would get out, and you know, and so <laughs> right I, was, I always it. thought, yeah. I always thought I was one of those guys that was like, um, never got, nothing yeah. never stuck. Yeah, nothing ever stuck, you know wow. what I mean? So I thought I was always, you know, and I thought it was me, but yeah. looking back on it, I, I really believed that it was God. God's hand upon my life. I really do. I Definitely. believe it was God's hand upon my life, and God didn't allow me Come to on. go that route. Thank um, God, because 
for and I, for a certain reason, I, and I believe I know the reason why. Right. And I think uh, we'll probably get into that in a little bit. Yeah, I for think. sure. Thank God, man. Has there ever been, uh, like, how did you get into, like, drugs? Was that something that came out of that, like, just not getting caught, like, uh, that carefree attitude? Because you said, like, it, it changed your mentality, the way you thought about yourself, like, invincible almost. Yeah, so drugs, I started, um, like, I started probably at a really young age, I think yeah. around 12 maybe. Um, I, I, you know, smoked weed. Yeah. Um, you know, just trying it out. Yep. Um, and I probably, I didn't do it all the time, but I, you know, at 12 years old, I do remember, you know, smoking a joint, mm-hmm. um, you know, hanging out with, like I said, older, older kids. Yeah. And so, um, uh, I probably didn't try it again until I was about probably 14. Mm. So I probably didn't start. So I probably, I, I started drugs at 12, but I, around, probably around 14 is when I started to do drugs again. Yeah. Smoke weed again. Um, I think around 15, I get in, introduced to like meth. Uh, for me, um, again, it was it was all around me. My dad was a heroin addict, okay. so yeah. um, so drugs. Kind of like what uh, you've seen. It's what I've seen. It's you know just, what I mean? Uh, my co- again, my cousins were all doing it. Everyday life. You know, everyday lifestyle. You know, it yeah. was it was always around. Wow. Um, and so uh, same thing with alcohol. Uh, same thing with you know uh, smoking weed. It was just yeah. it was around us. Yeah. You know, we knew people. Just people had it. Just. People pull that out of their pocket, you know what I mean? Yeah. Let's, you know, let's smoke a joint or let's say, hey, let's yeah. do a line. Yeah. And, you know, and I remember like at first being like, oh man, like I want to do that one day, but I'm scared. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, but, you know, when you kind of get to that, when you start getting a little bit older and you, you know, uh, you feel like you have to prove yourself or you feel like mm. you're trying to be somebody or you're, you're trying to, you know, um, just, you know, fit, sta- in, or, fit in or stand with the homies or yeah. stand with the, you know, those dudes that you're running with and you feel like you have to do that. Yeah. And so, um, again, it, 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 it be, it's easy because, for me, it was easy because uh, even though I was scared, it was also easy, I think, to take the step because um, my dad was doing it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my uncles were doing it. My cousins were doing it. All my homeboys were doing it. So pretty much it kind of just rolled into, like, gangs and now drugs as well because that comes with it. It comes with the territory most yeah. of the time, uh, like a second-generational drug addict mm-hmm. it becomes that yeah. gang drugs yeah and uh so seeing that you know seeing the family doing it it's like hey yeah this is what we do i mean yeah. this is part of the life I, I think when i was trying to find my way at, you know when i was at you know young probably 15 to 19 is when i was like probably the wildest right uh, you know running the streets yeah. gang banging you know on the streets you know, rolling around with the gun, you know, fighting everybody that I could fight, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. I think, you know, uh, I think I was trying to, you know, I was trying to prove something, you know, um, uh, maybe, and I don't know if it was like, I don't know if it was trying to prove something to like maybe my dad or my family or that I, you know, that I was, I could hold my own, you know what I mean? Oh, come on. Um, but uh, I think just, you know, getting involved in that lifestyle was just, uh, it, it was, it was really, it really was easy. It wasn't like, I like fell into it in a sense. It was just, you know, I wasn't like I had to like look for it. It was just, it was just there. It was just there. it just progressed to that. It was lined up. Yeah, it was just progressed to that. You know what I mean? And so yeah. it wasn't like uh, I went running to the streets looking. Like I ran away from home and went running to the streets looking for it. Uh, although I did, I did do all those things. I did run yeah. away from home. I did, you yeah. know, but leave you my house. Have to, but I didn't have to. It necessarily, it was, yeah. That's what was that waiting was, for you. That's what was waiting for me, yeah. So, so that was like the path the enemy yeah. had for you, and you were on it. Yeah, 
Yeah, you I was on, on your, it. You were on your way, and just like the family, the rest of the family, following suit. Yeah. Um, man, that's heavy, because a lot of people, that's how it is. Yeah. You know, it's generational. It's yeah, they my, see their my, parents my, my dad's dad yeah. was with, you know, from this neighborhood. So yeah. I'm, and then you really have something to live up to, or you feel like you have, you owe that to the family, and you get that sense of belonging when you're with the homies, and you're chilling, and, like, you're with your dad now. Yeah. That's a... Uh, that's how it happens a lot of the time. I hear a lot of that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's true. Um, so that was the path that the enemy had for you, and then you kind of somewhere, thank God, along along the way, you derailed. You went another way. When was yeah. the first time you heard the gospel? Like, when was this, when did this new route happen? So the first time I ever heard the gospel was from my dad. Um, so Come my on. dad, my dad was introduced to Victory Outreach, uh, I want to say probably late 80s. I would say probably around 80. I don't even know, maybe 87, 88, yeah. somewhere around there. He, he went through the home a couple of times. He left the home, yeah. uh, left the victory home. And uh, he was, because uh, he, he was still battling with heroin. Right, so he would right. go to the home for a few months or a few weeks, and he would leave, go get high, end up in prison, mm -hmm. get back out of prison, go back to the home. So he kind of went through that cycle for a long time. Right. But I was still, my dad was in Northern California, uh, oh, here, wow. here in, uh, in, in Modesto, actually. And I, and I was still in Southern California. So the first time I heard the gospel was, was from my dad. I came out here to visit my dad. So wow. he got in contact with me. He says, hey, man, come out here. You know, yeah. Come visit me You know, in the summertime. So I think the summer, uh, probably I was 16, 17 years old. Nice. Um, I came out here uh, for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, my dad was going to church. Yeah. And we stepped into Victory, stepped into the doors of Victory. Come on now. And uh, it, it was, yeah, it blew me away because um, just, just the radicalness, just the. Yeah. Uh, what What was your uh, to see that coming from that right, and then to see a church, a Victory Outreach in the beginning? What was like your your first? Like what? What? How did that? What? What? What happened? Like what? what so when I first, that? so when I first walked into Victory Outreach, I thought. I didn't know what was going on because they were speaking in tongues at the altar. Right. I never heard that. Come on. So it was, it, I never heard, knew to you. I, I never knew what a tongue. I never knew what speaking in tongues was. Right. So when I walked in, I actually like leaned over to my dad and said, asked him like, "Do they got the <laughs> devil inside of them?" Because I thought they, I thought they. You, know, you didn't know. I didn't know what it was. It know. just it was so weird to me. It was that, right. that you know the that 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 sound? I'd never yes. heard that sound of yes. of, of tongues. So yes. it kind of scared me a little bit. Right. Like it like. Like startled you're, you're me a little bit. Back a little yeah, bit, I was like, like, "Whoa, what's going on here? Right. Like, what is what is this you're bringing yeah, me into?" Some other, you know. Yeah. But uh, so that was kind of my first reaction. But on the, as I walked in, as I began to look, as I began to look around, mm -hmm. something that that attracted me to the, to to Victorious was um, was all the people that were there wow. looked just like me. Come on, they were hard. They had they Come were tatted on. down, tatted on their teardrops and yes. you know they had big brushes mustache they had the uh -huh. hair comb back you know they had khakis on they had you know you they relate. had penalties on so it was something they looked they looked just like me but they were broken they were crying at the altar so wow. something was i was like it's powerful yeah it was like yeah. man what is you know because at that time we you know in the in, in the late 80s early 90s we were reaching a, a victor was reaching a lot of gang members a lot of drug yes. addicts yes. uh we were like exploding with reaching gang members we were like that was a that was like one of our targets. That was one of the, you know, focal points is reaching the hardcore gang member, reaching right. the hardcore drug addict. Right. And so when I walked in there, I seen that. Yeah. I seen the hardcore drug addict. I seen the hardcore gang member. I seen yeah. the hardcore, you know, those hardcore, uh, you know, guys that were out of prison. Mm. Um, and so it just, it blew me away. 
Yeah. And so I felt like I was, I felt like I could relate. Yes. I felt like I didn't, I felt like I walked into a church where I wasn't like everybody was going to turn around. I was, I was some foreign guy because of the way I looked. Right. Like, they looked just like me. Come on. You know what it's I mean? Common, common ground. It was common ground. So that, that kind of, that was, those two things are the two things that really stood, stood out to me is, yeah, this, the, the presence of God speaking in tongues scared me. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. Come on. And then, of course, everybody that was there, I, I, they looked relatable. Relatable. You know what I mean? Yeah. They looked like somebody that I like. I would hang out like on the you, street corner you with. You definitely talked to them, felt comfortable yeah. there, right? So them, that was like a sense of, of course, letting your guard down. Yeah. Seeing it. Uh, so it's kind of like a little roller coaster ride. Yeah. Hearing that, tongues, yeah. like, whoa, what's going on? Yeah. I told Pops, like, hey, what's going on here? Yeah. And then seeing the brokenness after the yeah. altar call and just feeling God's presence and, and being able to relate. That's a big thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. What would you say, when did you when did you get saved? So I actually got saved in Southern California. Um, so I, I was with my dad, like I mentioned earlier. I was with my dad right. visiting him for right. uh, during the summertime. I ended up leaving mm-hmm. early because I, me and my dad got into a big old argument. Okay. And I actually like stood up to my dad and like I was gonna like I wanted to like oh, you know man. like you know I, I know he would he would yeah I, ch- I got I chested up to my dad you know he probably would have you know he would smashed me you know what oh, I mean yeah. but I was only like sixteen seventeen years old so That's but the, you know you're still you're that age you're and hard. you know I, I can't I was on the street so I thought you know I was fighting everybody so I thought like yeah but so I ended up leaving I said man I'm I can't you know forget you I'm out of here or whatever and yeah. I took off and I left and I went back to Southern California I remember I remember the day I left. Mm. I left um, Northern California. I drove all the way home. Yeah. I got home, and when I got home, I, I went to go stay with my aunt. Mm. And on. they were throwing a big old party there. All the homeboys, everybody from Southside Ontario was there. That day, I remember I walked to the backyard. I got home. They were partying. They had me a beer. And uh, they, I went to the backyard, yeah. and we started smoking PCP oh. that same night. After I had like been clean wow. for about, you know, about... Uh, you know, a month and a half, two months. You know, I hadn't smoked nothing. I hadn't drank nothing. So I went back there. And the, I, I believe the enemy used that. Yeah. And it was that period. It was that time period from when I left um, Northern California uh, until I actually got saved. It was like a two-year, two-and-a-half-year period mm. yeah. that I just, I became like just the wildest, craziest that I had ever been in my life. Right. Like I just went on a like a rampage of drugs. Yeah. Drugs was every day. Meth was every day. Before it was just kind of like, you know, do it here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, smoke a lot of weed. You know, dab a little here on the weekends. Do yeah. a little bit this. Yeah. But when I went back, I went straight to PCP. And it just, from then on, it was every single day I was wow. getting high. Every single day. I was getting high with something, whether it was meth, whether it was PCP, whether it was uh, Coke, um, mm. drinking, uh, right. whatever, uh, uh, dropping uh, tabs of acid, you know what I mean? Just whatever I can get my hands on, yeah. I was just doing it. Yes. And it wasn't like I was taking breaks. I was doing it every day. I was going on five, six-day runs mm. of meth and just staying up, hallucinating, right. tweaking, Same like things. really bad, yeah. And so uh, it, got, it got really bad. Right. What ended up happening was the way I got saved was my dad went back to the home, got his life together. Mm-hmm. I, again, it's like a two-year period. Right, my right. dad went back to the home, got his life together, and he actually was about to become, they were going to make him the new home director. Oh, come because on. the home director there, uh, Pastor Johnny, right, right. Uh, was getting launched out to Merced to go start a, a Victor Outreach at Merced. I remember that, yep. And so my, my dad was going to become the director 
once uh, Pastor Johnny left to Merced. He was in a step in. She was stepping to in to take okay, over yes. as the director. Right. And so uh, as that transition was happening, um, like that week that that was happening, my uncle, I have an uncle that was in, uh, lived in Hollywood uh, who lived a homosexual lifestyle, right. uh, had caught the uh, HIV virus. Oh, and he had man. HIV virus for probably seven years, five, seven years, something like that. Wow. But he got, he had pneumonia and it turned into full-blown AIDS oh, and he was on man. his deathbed. So my grandmother, which is my dad's mom, called my dad yeah. from the home and said, hey, you need to come see your brother. He's, he's going to die in a, few, a couple of days. Only gave him a couple of days to live. Wow. So my dad, Took a greyhound, actually. Took a greyhound back to uh, Southern yeah, California to go visit him. To go visit him. And yeah. when he did, that's when he um, he actually got to the bus stop uh, in Southern California, in Pomona, I remember. He got to the bus stop in Pomona, and he called my aunt, who yeah. I was living with. Right. And um, I remember that morning he called. The phone rang. Nobody answered it. Uh, we had been partying all night before, so nobody was answering the phone. Mm. And so the phone rang again. Nobody answered it. The phone rang again. Nobody answered, and it was and it wasn't like ringing like three times. It was like ringing like ring. like twenty times. You know what I mean? He's trying to get a hold. He's trying of to get hold. Yes. So finally, I finally I, I used to sleep in the living room because right. I didn't have a room. I lived with my aunt. Right. So right. I got up, and the phone was in the living room. So I got up, and I I was all mad. I was like, "Hello, who's this?" And they were like, "Hey, this this is your dad." Mm. And I was like, "Oh, what's up, dad?" And he's wow. like, "Hey," he's like, "I'm at the bus stop. I need somebody to come pick me up." So I went and got my aunt. Hey, my dad's at the bus stop. He needs to be picked up. So me and my aunt and uh, one of my cousins, we went to go pick him up. Come on. And when we got there, I remember he looked at me, and I he, he I, I remember this clearly. We got out, we went we were walking to the parking lot into the Greyhound, and he walked out of the Greyhound, and he seen me, mm. and he looked and he like he shook his head like wow like and then uh, he said uh, the the very first thing he said to me he says what happened to you? Dang. And I go I was like what do you mean? And you got to remember, at this time, I had been on a two-year run. Yes. Meth, out everything. There. I mean, I was out there, so I can imagine. I probably looked just like... Totally different. Probably like death or whatever yes. out there, you know what I mean? Yes. And so I remember he looked at me and said, what happened to you? And I was like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Wow. He's like, man, what's, what, what happened to you? What's wrong with you? And I'm like, well, I'm good. Like, nothing's wrong. Mm. So we got in the car. We went back to the house. And the car ride home, the whole way, the whole way home, he, uh, he just kept telling me, and I'm not a, I'm not a heroin addict anymore. I'm not a drug addict anymore. Come on. Um, God delivered me. I'm yes. set free. God delivered yes. me. Jesus set me free. He said, and I I was in the home. I graduated the home. I'm going to be the director of the mm. home. And I didn't really know what he was talking about because I didn't know what the Come home on. really was. Uh, I didn't know a little bit because of the because of the church, but I didn't really right. know what it was. Right. And so um, we get we get there uh, back to the house and we go to the living room and he says. He says, I want to ask you, do you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Come on. And he had already been the whole way home. He had already been just drilling you, you know, giving just, it to you, just dropping, dropping the Holy Spirit, just, Come the, on. The, you know, the, preaching the word of God, yes. preaching about what God had yes. done. The whole way home, he was telling me what God had done in his life. So it was there in my living room that uh, he, he led me to the Lord. Uh, and I accepted Jesus Christ uh, right God. there that day as my Lord and Savior. Come on now. That's so, good. Yeah. By your dad. By my dad. That's awesome. Yeah, same guy that, you know, was the example of, you know, heroin and, and the Gangs streets and, and, and all that whole lifestyle, prison, wow. in and out of prison, you know, was God used him to, to turn, come back. And he, and he told me this. He told me after I got to the home, after I graduated the home, he says, you know what? While I was in the victory home, he said, I prayed for your salvation every single day until that day I led wow. you to the Lord. Thank God. You know what I mean? And so, Thank yeah. Thank God, man. They say about a praying mom. You had a praying father. I had a praying as father. Well. Yeah, yeah. 
totally turned his life around, totally full circle, and brought you with him. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, yeah. that's fire. So, Pastor Jeremy, that was awesome, man, that your yeah. dad came back around full circle, uh, led you from a life of gangs, drugs, second generation mm -hmm. addiction, second generation gang member, to turning his life around, getting saved, and then coming back to get you. Yeah. So that's awesome, man. Give yeah. I give props to your pops. Salute. Thank God for dads that pray for their sons, man. Not just the praying mothers, but fathers as well. Yeah. And that was sure. your example. Yeah. So what happened? I want to know more about the reason why he came back was to uh, see his brother yeah. when that passed away. So. So we, uh, when my dad came back, he led me to the Lord, uh, and then that it was that same day, uh, right, right, right when we, the day we picked him up, just a few hours later. Uh, we, he kind of settled down for a little bit, got settled in, then went to the hospital. And uh, again, as soon as we got to the hospital, he started to, uh, again, minister to my uncle. Mm. My uncle was getting to the point where he couldn't um, speak anymore, but he could, like he would still nod. He's yeah. still able to like nod his head, like he understood. Right. So my dad asked him, you know, after my dad shared the gospel with him and shared what God had done in his life, he asked my uncle, you know, would you like to receive Jesus mm, uh, as your Lord and Savior? And my uncle said, he nodded yes. And so my dad right there, um, you know, just told him by, by faith, you know, I'm going to pray for you. And if you agree with this prayer and if you, yeah. you know, accept this, then just, you know, nod your head. And so wow. he, my, my wow. uncle did. And uh, my uncle ended up passing, um, uh, I think like a week later, probably like seven or ten days later, something like that. Yeah. He ended up passing away. But... Yeah. Uh, my dad really, he was on a mission. He was on a mission. He yeah. was on a mission to, to, to lead my uncle to the Lord, and he was on a mission to, to lead me to the Lord. Not only lead me to the Lord, but bring me back Come with on. him. Come on. Uh, so that I can go into the home. That yes. was kind of his plan, you know what I mean? Yes. I didn't know that was his plan, but he, he knew what he was doing, you know what I mean? Holy he knew God, God had given him a plan, you know what I mean? And so, uh, yeah, I came back to Modesto uh, with him after my uncle died. We did the funeral. We did that whole thing. Um, and then my dad was getting ready to go back to uh, Modesto, and he said, "Hey, I want you to come back with me. I want you to come back with me, go in the home. Yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna run. I'm gonna be running the home. You can go in the home, get your life together, serve the Lord, you know, and and really, you know, just let God do what He needs to do in your yeah. life." Did he, so I agreed to it. Did he become your director? He was my director. What? Yeah, my dad was my director. Yeah, my dad was my director, and so uh, what's up. Heck that yeah. was like a double-edged sword because yeah. there was times that. It was really good because he was my dad. Right. Um, but it was also times really tough because he was my dad. And my dad was like really, yes. he was like really tough on me, really hard on right. me. Right. Um, for things that sometimes I had no, I wasn't even involved in certain things and I would, he would like start dealing with me. Right. You know what right. I mean? I'm like, how did I get involved in this? I was, yeah. you know, wasn't even a part of that. I, I, I was thinking earlier, I had a question because my father was my pastor at one time too. And it was like, how did you, how did you decipher from when he was being your dad talking to you yeah. or when he was being your leader slash pastor, director talking to you? So I think for me, I think my dad would, uh, he would, he would set time aside uh, okay. and, say, and say, hey, like, That's hey, good. let's just, we're going to like, we're, we're, me and you are just going to go over here right. and we're just going to go hang out right. and we're going to go like grab something to eat or we're going to go, yes. you know, we're going to run some errands, but yeah. you know, it's just me and you. So I knew that. So that was like his way of saying like, Right now, it's just our time, father and son. Come on. You know what I mean? And so we'd go we'd go certain places yeah. together. And you were building. And, and we were building. Um, I will say this, though. Um, even though we did, we would laugh and we would, you know, joke. And he, you yeah. know, my dad was a really, my dad was a, actually a really funny, funny guy. guy. Really funny guy. Yes. But uh, 
he, you know, even though we would j joke and laugh and all that, even in all that, even in our time, just as father and son, right. he was still discipling. He was still dropping nuggets. He was still, on, you know, ministering. You. He was still feeding me. He was yes. still teaching me life. He yes. was still, you know, uh, you know, not just not just the gospel, but just teaching me life. Like you, you came know, this, in young. I came in young, nineteen came years in old. Young. You I was did. You're barely about to experience. Yeah, I was life. barely, barely experiencing life. Yeah. So he was teaching me life. You know, this is you know this is what it takes to be a you know a man or a man come of on, God. And come on. This is what you have to do. You know, when you have a family, this is you yeah, know you, you know, awesome. have a you know get a job. You know, all those things. You know, just teaching me life. Yeah. So even though we even though we um, I feel that 100. percent Yeah. I, I can agree to that, man. Where you, yeah, that's awesome to yeah. see it in in action. Yeah. You know, and to yeah. be under that is oh. like, is like that's powerful. Yeah. That's what it's about. You know, and to any dad out there. Uh, and your son is not saved or, or he's at a place where he's just in a fork in the road he can go this way or he can go this way it's so important that dads you know take the leading role and win win your child over whether it's through having that alone time with him yeah. separating and building and bonding and just even if you got to come at him with the gospel yeah. and 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 pour and speak into his life and it's so vital awesome that he yeah. did that I, I could i can relate for yeah. sure you know yeah. Um, so with that being said, how, how did you, how did you, uh, like when was your first time experiencing the bapti baptism of the Holy Spirit? So for me, the first time I experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit was actually when I got baptized uh, in water, Come water on, baptism. What? Yeah, so, so what we did, yes, so, so what we did is that we, um, we did water baptism. Right. And then afterwards, we had a uh, we had church service. Yep. Uh, our pastor, our, our pastor at the time, Pastor David Bautista, he actually we borrowed a church to do what they had, like a baptismal right. like on stage or whatever. Right. right. And so we used a church to do that. Our church went to that church. Yeah. Come on. We did it. And then uh, as he, he preached, after he preached the uh, after we were all baptized, he preached a message about not just baptism, but baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm, come on. And so I made an altar call right then and there. Because uh, he said, you know, if you want to experience the baptism, you know, those yeah. of you that experience physical baptism of, you know, separating and, you know, making a declaration to the world that you now belong to the Lord. He says, yes. now, you know, now do you want to experience the baptism of the Holy Ooh, Spirit? Come on. And so, excuse me. Um, yeah, I made an altar call right yeah. there. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, at first, you know, I felt like I didn't know what was going on. I, I just, by faith, I was just trying to like, okay, God, I, this is, I know this yeah, is what you want. Stepping out. I was just stepping out by faith. Yeah. And uh, and then all of a sudden, man, just the Holy Spirit began to move, uh, and I just began to open my mouth, and yes. uh, the evidence of speaking in tongues began to take place, and yes. I started, I began to be broken, and uh, I think that really, like, for me, that really, like, uh, that was like a faith boost, mm, like I because on. I because I believed it, yes, and I was asked to believe it, and, and it, it happened. happened. Come that kind of like that kind of was one of those moments where you like confidence booster. It's, yeah, it's one of those moments For where you sure. look back and say, "Man, God used that to build my faith." Was that like a turnaround point? That was in, a, that in, was in a, your I think that was a, the Lord. I think for me that was a point of like saying, "Okay, like this is real. This is real. This is real. This is yes. a real deal now. Like I'm gonna serve God. Like this is not a this is not like just something go made with up. the motion. Yeah, go with the motion. Thing. This, this is, is real a, deal. This is a real deal. Like gospel. God, like the Holy Living Spirit is real. The Holy Spirit is real. Yeah. And that experience is a. You know, you hear, but I, I personally haven't heard 
like that's something you see in a movie. Like yeah. after the after the water baptism, yeah, and then boom. You and know I just kind of like, cliche, huh? But that is awesome <laughs> yeah. that that you had that experience. Yeah. Because it'd be different if you weren't here no more. Yeah. And it was like, oh, is this a thing? Yeah. But you're here still yeah. ministering the gospel, still preaching, still being used till this yeah. very day, and you have that gem, you yeah. have that jewel to hold on to to share with people like. It can happen there. Yeah. It can happen anywhere. It yeah. can happen in a prayer meeting, in a Zoom meeting, as long as you step out and believe, and that's what you did. You know, the crazy awesome. thing is that I wasn't, like, that message and even the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that I didn't go in there expecting that. Like, I wasn't mm. going saying, okay, I'm going to get baptized so I can get baptized by the Holy Spirit. Come it on. just, the message he preached was on the baptism of the Holy wow. Spirit, uh, along with the wow. water baptism. And so it just, uh, it was so, just. So it, how he delivered it and then how you responded yeah. and received it, it manifested. Yeah, it manifested, yeah, yeah. It was a real sure. deal. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Praise God. Um, I also want to ask, uh, how was it or when did you feel like you had certain gifts, you know, in the calling of God and in, 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 in your walk? Because after that, I'm sure you're able to understand the Bible a little better. You kind of like had more, more, uh, uh, feelings towards God, like sensitiveness. I, I think I began to understand what God was doing a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I think as far as like the giftings and, and those things, I think that um, uh, I think I started to discover those things in the home. Right. I, I felt like um, um, I felt like leadership was one of the things that I that I um, um, that I began to develop mm -hmm. um, uh, because at, even at a young age, like I said, I got I got saved at 19. I was in the home at 19, yeah. 19, 20 years old, and uh, almost immediately I became a leader. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I, and I know that when I was in the home, a lot of guys that weren't leaders would say, "Well, it's because of your dad that you're a leader." Mm. But I, I actually would, I actually like, I actually, you know, took it serious. Yeah, I took it serious. It wasn't because my dad put me there. It was yeah. because of the life that I was living. Yeah. It's because of what God was doing. Yeah. Because even after. I was no longer there. Even after I graduated, even I still went on to leadership roles. Yeah. So it wasn't that my dad um, placed this placed mantle, me, yeah, on mantle you. on me or placed this um, this thing that this. I didn't even want or right. something. You know what I mean? It was like this is what God was doing in my life. So, uh, and I know guys, wow. and it just it happened to work that my dad was my director, so it looked like favoritism. It looked like your yeah. dad put you there because you know yeah. you're his son or whatever that type of thing but no. it really was God was doing it. so I think uh, I, I began to discover uh, like leadership there you could say that definitely one of your giftings was leadership yeah right. and, and uh, also uh, what's another gift that you say that you were developing in that time in the home I would say it would probably be like the word being able to like teach the word and yeah. you know asking asking the Holy Spirit to give me like um, a true understanding and, and revelation of God's word, and, and yes. so I feel like I, I feel like for me I'm a better teacher than I am a preacher. Right. right. I feel like um, when I when it comes to God's word, I, I would rather teach God's word than than to preach it. You know, mm -hmm. although although I do, you know, you do both. I do both, yeah. But right. I, I feel I feel stronger, and I feel uh, my gifting is is stronger in the area of teaching. Teaching. You know, because I, I I don't know. I just I, I love God's word. God gives me when I read it. Uh, I see things in it. You know what I mean. Yeah. God, God gives me revelation. God gives me understanding. Yes. You know, uh, God reveals things to me. So Come it's uh, yeah. So you hear the voice behind, behind the voice. Yeah. And He gives you understanding. Gives and you're able to clarity. Gives me clarity. It. Yes. Yeah. Come on. Gives me clarity of God of His yeah. Word. 
It is. That's awesome. So I got a, a another question I want to ask you. Uh, what's been the biggest challenge or one of the biggest battles in your walk with the Lord? Wow. Um, just one? Just kidding. Just, like <laughs> just kidding. Um, I would say, honestly, I would, I would say probably having to transition um, from one church to another because of uh, maybe um, just things have happened uh, in, in leadership or you know, things have happened in church, whether it be sin or just, uh, you know, uh, things like that. Uh, having to, like, uh, like we went from Modesto to uh, the Victor Arch here in Stockton, and mm -hmm. that, was a, that was a very difficult transition. And I think that's probably was one of the, because I got hurt. Right. So I, I had a little bit of church hurt. I had a little bit of hurt right. from, like, leadership. And so right. um, transitioning here, uh, I carried that with me a little bit. And I carried like a, um, um, like an attitude. I, I I knew that that wasn't who I really was. And what made me realize yeah. uh, what made me realize that I had an issue was actually my wife. She um, one day we were I, I don't know if we were driving. We were talking about something, and and um, I don't remember exactly the setting, but I do remember what she said. She said um, she says um, you're not you're not um, you're not the man that you used to be. You've mm. never been a man to complain about mm. like leaders or yeah. pastors. And here you are doing that. Wow. And uh, so she said, you know, you're not something, something changed inside of you. Wow. And right there, I knew something was wrong with me. I knew something was, because mm. I've always been like that armor bearer. I've always been that, you know, when it comes to serving pastors, I've always been that, you know, just uh, that willingness yes. to, to serve. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I didn't have that anymore yeah. because I got hurt and I got bothered. So I think getting back to that, uh, and actually, you know, uh, leaving, you know, uh, my home church and, and, and transitioning to another church, that was that was a pretty that was a pretty rough transition for me. Um, but I thank God for His grace. I thank God for His mercy Come because on. God is graceful. God is merciful. Yes, he is. And uh, when I came to Victoria Stockton, I had the opportunity just to just to fall in love with Jesus all over again, fall yes. in love with ministry again. Yes. And uh, and that's kind of what. Uh, Stockton was for me. Stockton became a place where I uh, had to like rekindle that love mm. for for God and rekindle the love for ministry again. Wow! And so, um, but that wasn't an easy thing. It was a lot of um, a lot of prayer, a lot of yeah. self evaluation, a lot of mm. taking really hard looks at myself and saying, "Okay, why are you this way? What you know?" what you know what what's driving you to be this way wow and really it just came down to I, I i got hurt yeah i got hurt i got i got bothered by you know something i got hurt by something that took yeah. place and i allowed it to 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 take root inside of me and uh yeah but i had then i had to up, uproot that and that god healed me yes. and that's kind of what coming to victor Art stockton did it, it allowed me to to have that time to do that come on i and feel so, that's so important if you want to tell anybody out there if they're dealing with something, some kind of church hurt, some kind of leadership may, may have let them down in some sort of way or fashion, you know, let the people know how you got out of that. And it was through uh, self-evaluating and, and really... So, so I think for me, I had to stop looking at the person. Mm. I had to stop looking at that person and say, okay, yeah. uh, man's going to do that. Come on. Whether it's me, whether it's anybody, anybody. We're, we're, we just were, we're you know, we're, 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 we're going to fail. We're going to fail one another. Humans, yes. So I had to stop looking at that person and what the and, and the situation, and I had to begin to look at what it did to me. 
And what it did to me was cause a change inside of me uh, to become somebody that I that God didn't call me to be. Wow. So I beca- I started to become something that God didn't call me to be. Yeah. And so because I I started to become that, I was changing. And so I had to go back and say, okay, I have to I have to fix that. I had to mm. let God fix that. And the only way that that could happen is that I had there was a lot of prayer. Yes. It was fasting. It was separating. It was getting a hold of God. It was lifting my hands when I didn't want to lift. It was mm. being broken. It was all those things. It was really just getting back to falling in love with the Lord again. Yes. And when that happened then I began to realize it really wasn't that person. Yeah, of course, a situation happened, thing, yeah, whatever things happened, happened, happened. Things happened. But that really wasn't, it really was, it was, I, I, I didn't guard my heart the way mm, I needed to. I didn't, on. I didn't, uh, you know, That's keep good. myself covered. And so I had to, um, That's good. you know, I had to, um, I had to go back and, and realize that those things are going to happen. Yes. But it's how I respond to those things. It's always so, in the response. It's always in the response. You know? it's, it's how we react to things. Yeah. Wow. That's heavy. With that, I also want to ask you, uh, what's one of the biggest victories in your walk? Wow, one of the biz- biggest victories. Um, man, I don't even... Uh, I know there's a lot, but one that you could just share with us that's like, hey, man, I, I got the victory in this area or this finally switch, you know. I think, um, honestly, probably when I when I... When I went to the home and God, I felt like God really delivered me from from drugs and, yeah, and alcohol and that lifestyle. That was uh, I experienced I experienced a, a complete deliverance from that. You know what I mean? And and although my character had to change, you know what I mean? I still had to work on my character because yeah. that wasn't developed yet. But the freedom from the drugs, the freedom from the alcohol, the freedom from the the the, the life of the streets, that probably has been one of the biggest victories in, mm. in my walk with the Lord. Praise you God. I mean? And uh, you know, of course, you know marriage and, and, and family all fall oh, in yeah. there but Come on now. but I, I think when it comes to serving the Lord I think that was probably one of the one of the biggest victories that I've yeah. had serving God that was a big one praise God yeah. what do you feel that God has called you to do now um, I feel like now um, to be honest I feel like I have to what I've developed over the years just the the you know um, uh, the experience that I've had through ministry, through leadership, I feel like it's. I have to. I have to begin to give this, give that to the next generation. Mm. Like I feel like Come it's on. important that um, what I have and what I, you know, what what has been instilled in me, yeah. I have to start to instill in, in, yeah. in this next generation. And and when I say this next generation, I mean like um, young people, not not just next generation, like third wave, like. Like yeah. thirty-year-old, thirty-five-year-old, yeah. uh, third-wave generation right, or third-wave, right. uh, but I'm talking about young people. Um, yes, you know, eighteen, twenty years old. Come you on. know, I got saved when I was nineteen. When you were that young. You yes. know, I was in leadership at twenty years old. Wow. You know, I was directing a home at, at twenty-two years old, or twenty-one or twenty-two years old. Wow. So I was, you know, I was in I was in leadership at, at a re- at a very young age because yes. that's because somebody was depositing in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I feel like I have to do that. You know, yeah. to uh, to to young people, you know, because um, I I feel like they're it's at a, they're at a stage they're at an age in in, in life where uh, if we don't capture them mm-hmm. uh, and and make those deposits inside of them, yeah, then some you know something or someone else will, yeah. you know what I mean, and so and and I hear that a lot that there's an urgency to uh, pass that down to the next generation that's coming up because if you know they don't catch that if we don't catch that it's like man it could be gone 
yeah it could be gone and we don't want to skip that that's very vital to the to the vision very vital to our ministry and uh that the young people catch it and yeah. they run with it i also feel like i feel i also feel like the values and the principles and the convictions that yeah. we should have as 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 people of god that that that's something that uh has to be taught to mm, because on. i feel like we're we live in a world today where if it's not convenient or if it's not um if I, if I just don't like it, I'll move on from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's just, you know, you can't serve God that way. You can't serve God just because you don't like something or you don't like something that the Word of God says that you just, well, I'm just going to, mm. you know, move on from that or I'm going to move on from serving God because I didn't like that. Come on. You know, um, there's certain values and principles that we that we have to live by. Right. And um, certain convictions that we need to have, certain things that we just, you know, we just, uh, we serve God a certain way. And I think... Um, if we're not careful as a, as a, as a culture or as a, as a, as the people of God, we can get we can veer from that mm. and not hold on to God's word and the truth of God's word. Wow! You know, and uh, the purity of God's word. Yeah. Uh, we start to we start to put our own twist, our own dab on it, mm. and um, that can be dangerous. You know what I mean? It can be dangerous. So yeah. I think that's important. It's important to yeah. you know to teach that to the next you know, next generation. Well, you started serving God at a young age. You became a leader at a young age. You ran the home at a young age. And, uh, man, it, you've been through so much. You know, you, you, you've experienced a lot. What is, knowing everything that you know now, what is something that you would tell a younger Pastor Jeremy or younger Jeremy yeah. before you were a pastor that you, would, that you know now? Like, what was something that you would, you would lace yourself up like, hey, man, look, do this or don't do that? Yeah. I would say um, what I I would probably tell myself to to never let go of your love for God. Mm. Come on, um, because it's easy to it's easy to just get busy in ministry. It's easy to get busy in life. Yes, and you can. It's easy to just. It's kind of like marriage. Right. You know, you get used to something. You get you're familiar. You get familiar with mm. your your spouse, and you're so familiar with them that. Sometimes you're not demonstrating that love like you once did, or you're not pursuing that love like you once were. Wow. And so I think sometimes in serving God, we do the same thing. We're so familiar with going to church. We're so familiar with, you know, serving God. We're so familiar with the songs and how a service is supposed to run, all mm. those things mm. that we're not pursuing that love anymore. Wow. You know what I mean? And so I think, uh, I think if I could tell my younger self something, it would be to, to n never stop pursuing that, that, you know, God's love. Wow. You know what I mean? And, and, the, and the, your love for God. That's yeah, heavy. So. And that's that's great wisdom, you know. Yeah. That's great wisdom. And, uh, wow, I received that. Um, also, in three words, how would you describe your legacy? Uh, in three words, wow. Um. <laughs> <laughs> put, a little, put a little spin on it. It's random. Uh, in three words, how would I describe my legacy? Um And it could be stay, more words. I, I would say, honestly, I would say just stay committed. Stay committed. Stay Come committed. On. Just stay committed. Stay committed. You know what I mean? Three. Uh, yeah, on. just stay committed. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Um, also, before we end this, uh, what would you have them write on your tombstone to be remembered as? Um... I think if I was going to, 
I think I would have them write that um, God has always been my priority. Mm. That I've always tried to make God my priority. Come on, somebody. You know, um, yeah. In my family, God has always. I've always tried to make God a priority. It's number one. In ministry, I've always tried to make God a priority. Number one. Uh, in my own plans, jobs, everything that I've done, I've always tried to make make sure that God was the priority of everything that I did. Yes. And so, um, I don't know, it would have to be something along those lines, like, you know, yeah. um, God has always been my priority, or God has always been my number one, you know what I mean? That's good. God has always been my focal point, and so, that's it. Um, yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, keep it simple, man. Yeah. Keep God first in yeah. everything and all that you do, definitely. Yeah. Praise God, man. Well, thank you, Pastor Jeremy, for having well, the time. I know your time is valuable, and uh, it's it's important to us, man, that we let the people know that your story, because it is going to minister to the masses, and I believe God, just like he raised you up young, that he's going to reach other people at a young age, just like he reached me young, and he's continuing to do that, and, and we're still here, and we're still pushing, we're still fighting for our families and our loved ones, and it's just a privilege to be here to share this moment with you, and to hear that side of the story, man, and to hear how your father was one of the ones, the trailblazers for you that brought you into this and yeah. how God changed his life, the same thing he did for you. And he's doing that all throughout the world, all throughout. So right now, what we want to do before we close, we want to open up this prayer line and we're going to also pray for you. So I'm going to ask Pastor Jeremy to pray for you. Whoever's out there, you may be in a place where you just, you know, you don't really know God or you've heard of God or you've heard this podcast and it's, it, it kind of stirred you up. And this is where we kind of like finalize everything. We put it, we lay it all out to God. But I'm going to let Pastor Jeremy lead the prayer. And just, if you know, if you have a prayer request, call that number. Make sure you call us right now. We have people on the prayer line ready to uh, pray for you, ready to stand in the gap for you, to take up any petition that you have. We want to lift that up right now. This is the time where we made time to do this for you. Anybody out there who needs prayer, Pastor Jeremy, just go ahead and let them uh, lead us into a prayer, man, for the people that are watching right now. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, yes, uh, tonight, God, we just thank you for your grace and your mercy, you. Lord God. Yes. God, I pray for every person that is listening to this podcast, Lord. God, uh, uh, whatever situation that they may be facing, whatever they're dealing with, God, uh, I pray for those that uh, don't know you, Lord God. I pray that uh, something that was said here tonight, God, yes. would, would minister and, and touch them, God, that would become relatable, God, that yes. would become um, uh, attainable to them, Lord God. Uh, sometimes we look at our lives and feel like uh, nothing is ever going to change or we can't change or we can't uh, uh, make the change, God. But yes, God, I just pray right now, God, that you would begin to touch lives, God. Yes, touch God, I pray for those that, that need salvation, God, that uh, your, your word is very simple, God. It says, yes. uh, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that yes. Jesus is the Son of God yes. and you will be saved, God. And I, I pray here tonight, God, Thank that you, through the confession... Uh, yes, that today, God, that we are sinners, God, that we are in need of a Savior. Yes. And with the belief in our heart, God, I pray that those would be saved here today, Lord God. Yes, uh, God, I pray today, Lord, for those that are just struggling, those that are battling, God, those that are maybe in ministry, God, maybe in church, God, maybe they're uh, uh, feeling uh, a certain way about uh, uh, church. God, I pray that you would touch them, God, heal them, Lord God. Yes. God, I know that uh, uh, ministry at times could be difficult. 
people at times can be difficult, God. And I just pray right now, God, that you just uh, uh, pour out your spirit, pour out your love, God, upon those that are listening here today, yes. Lord God. God, we thank you, God, for thank those that are, that are listening, God. I pray, God, for just a special touch upon their lives, God. Yes, I pray Lord. for an outpouring of your spirit, God. Yes, God, I pray that uh, uh, change and transformation, God. Yes, God, if there's those that are, are in need of deliverance, God, whether it be drugs, touch, alcohol, God, touch, uh, whatever, whatever it may be, God, whatever stronghold, God, whatever vice that the enemy tries to use yes, in our lives, God, I pray yes, for deliverance. Lord upon those, God, that are listening, God, that need deliverance here today, God. God, touch them, Lord God. God, we pray, God, uh, for, uh, God, just a, a spirit of, of, of repentance, God, that we would repent and turn away, God, from that old life, God, from that, that, that way of living, Lord God, and that we would turn to you here today, God. We thank you, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, Pastor Jeremy. Powerful. If you can feel the atmosphere in this room right now, man, God is moving. And like I said, if there's any more prayer requests, please call that number. We just want to speak with you. We want to minister to you. We want to spend some time with you and believe on your behalf that God is going to move. Whatever your situation is, remember, God is with you. God will never leave you nor forsake you. You are more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And no weapon for and against you shall prosper. Amen. So with that being said, you guys, we're going to wrap it up. But please... If you could just pay attention real quick, please, we need you guys to share this, share this podcast, share the Mudville cast, uh, tag somebody, at them in the comment section, uh, you know, comment to us, ask us questions. We're here to answer that. We check every, every comment. We respond to it as quick as we can. And we want this thing to get out there to the masses. We want to spread this. This is another way that we here in Stockton Victory Outreach, we choose this to evangelize. Other people use YouTube. They use uh, you know certain certain platforms, but on on our on our watch as men of God, this is what God put on our heart to evangelize and use this way of sharing somebody's story. Because some of you guys may relate some of the things that he may have said or some of the past uh, uh, podcasts that we did. You may have been able to relate to that. So if you can just say something to us in the comment section, we want to connect with you. We want to talk with you, and make sure you share this video. So important. But from Victory Outreach Stockton, man. We love you guys. God bless you guys. And we pray and we hope to see you next time on our podcast in Mudville Cast. Amen. Peace and God bless. Hey, what's up, everyone? Man, what a powerful testimony we just heard here today. Amen. So if you know anybody that could relate to those things that Pastor Jeremy spoke of, we want you to tag them. We want you to share. Amen. And we want you to be able, amen, to get the word out. Amen. That there is a podcast here in Stockton, amen, reaching people through the World Wide Web, amen. And also, if you don't have a church, we want to encourage you and want to invite you to our church in Victory Aries here in Stockton. It's found in 2725 Waterloo Road. You can follow us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube. That's where you can find this podcast, too. And you can find our podcast on Spotify, too. So if you're on the go, amen, you can find us and you can listen to our testimonies, our interviews right there on Spotify, amen. One more time, we are excited for the next one, amen. You don't want to miss the next one, amen. And we want to let you know that Jesus loves you and that Jesus has a plan for your life. See you on the next one. I was dying, but he brought me to life. Found life when he told me to die. I couldn't hear over the noise of my pride. I couldn't see till he put mud in my eyes. 
the devil putting work in my city. That's why they need God's word in my city. The devil putting work in my city. That's why they need God's word in my city.